Welcome to the Rich, Fulfilling Life Show with your host, Saad Nadim. Saad is a fiduciary and licensed financial life advisor who specializes solely in internationally trained physicians like yourself and helps you build a tax-efficient retirement plan, a children's education plan, and an estate plan in four weeks without selling you any investments or insurance. RFL Wealth Management has grown successfully because of internationally trained physicians like you that have come to Canada later in life and are looking to retire comfortably with sound, tax-efficient advice and enjoy a rich, fulfilling life. And now, your host, Saad Nadim. Welcome to your Rich Fulfilling Life show. I'm your host, Saad Nadim. And today, we are in the presence of the great JP. Uh, <laughs> he is the CEO of Integris. Some of you might know him from as the, uh, as the pension plan person. Uh, you're quite known now in the, uh, in the uh, medical field, JP. So is that, isn't that the pension guy? Yeah. So I tell them, yes, that's the pension guy. Um, so we have JP here and we're going to have a pretty extensive conversation about how, uh, in terms of what Integris and JP are offering, how we can help internationally trained physicians. Uh, so welcome, uh, JP. How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm so glad to be on your podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here, uh, JP. Uh, why don't we just write, uh, dive right into it and let's start off with what is Integris and your pension plan? So Integris is a pension consulting firm that was founded 12 years ago and it offers a whole range of pension solutions ranging from pension consulting to converting defined contribution plans to offering individual pension plans or personal pension plans, to offering retirement compensation arrangements and so forth. So we do we do it all, uh, and uh, we are the ones that came up with the personal pension plan, which is the most tax effective retirement solution in Canada when it comes to using pre tax dollars. Okay. And um, so can you explain that a bit more? Because as soon as internationally trained physicians here saving tax money, I'm interested. Um, so if you can just explain a bit more how, why it is the most efficient. Yeah. So the, so the Income Tax Act has a number of provisions that allows individuals to save for retirement. And at the very bottom of the hierarchy is the tax-free savings account because it only has a $6,000 a year limit, or is it 6,500? 6,500, same 6,500, yeah. Yeah. So it used to be 6,000, then 6,500, and it's indexed uh, every so often. So what are you going to do with $6,500? Even if you have a 10% rate of return, it's not going to do much. So so it's fine. It's useful. It's great. I have one, but does it really, will it provide for your retirement? No. No. So then above that is the RRSP that 98% of physicians know about because we have the banks advertising RSP season, you know, in January, February. Yeah. They rush, they rush to the bank to make their RSP contribution to get one tax deduction, mm -hmm. the annual contribution. So that's fine. And the limit's closer to 30 some thousand dollars. Um, above that is the individual pension plan, which we offer as well. Uh, which allows you to not only do your annual contribution, but you can do a whole bunch of other contributions, more tax deductions. So you can do a contribution for past service if your medical corporation paid you a salary in previous years. 
You can do special payments, extra top-up contributions. If the rate of return on your assets is below 7.5%, you can do a terminal funding contribution if you decide to turn on the pension prior to age 65 and you want to get an index unreduced pension. Well, you can pre-fund, you can accelerate contributions and deductions uh, through time. So, so the IPP is a tall order above the RRSP, but at the very top of the hierarchy is the personal pension plan, which is what our company devised and commercialized since 2012. And what the personal pension plan does is it does everything an IPP can do. And we just call that the defined benefit component. And to this IPP architecture, we bolted on two other accounts. We bolted on a defined contribution account and what we call an AVC or additional voluntary contribution account. That allows you to transfer in registered monies from other sources. So now you have this combination triple account pension solution that we call the PPP um, that allows you to put even more money uh, aside than an IPP and all the other solutions. So when you graph the different solutions, you can see that assuming the exact same rate of return, because we're allowed to put more money in, you end up at the top of the curve. That's why we call it the best, uh, best solution in Canada. Okay, so so there's a couple of things you mentioned there. First thing you mentioned was the um, the AVC account, which allows you to transfer money from one registered account to another account. So does that mean you can take your RSP accounts and transfer them into a PPP? Yeah, yeah. So if you have monies in your RSP, let's say you have money, I don't know, at some bank, you know, in some mutual fund. And yeah. let's say the mutual fund, you pay, you're paying 2% fee on those mutual fund, you know, the mm -hmm. management expense ratio. Yep. Uh, of course, because it's an RSP, the law doesn't allow you to claim a tax deduction for that 2%, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you got a million bucks, 2% fee, that's 20 grand going to the financial institution that you can't write off. Yeah. It's an RSP. Mm -hmm. If you set up a PPP, and you transfer that million dollar RRSP tax-free into the additional voluntary contribution account, that third account I was talking about, now it's no longer considered RSP money. It's considered pension money. Under pension laws, that $20,000 in fees is another tax deduction to your business. Wow, so that's amazing. At, so at no cost, because there's no tax cost, it's a tax-free transfer, yeah. at no cost to you, You've just created $20,000 annually worth of extra tax write-offs for your company. Wow. Okay. So, so, so if your company is paying tax, let's say, round number at 10%, I know it's higher than that, but yeah. it's, it's a 10%. Yeah. Well, that's $2,000 of value that you're going to hang on to now every mm -hmm. year that you weren't able to before. Amazing. Yeah, because I mean, saving any tax dollars inside a corporation is obviously going to be massive, right? So how um, do like, so this PPP, you know, um, I can go to I'm, a, I'm an internationally trained physician, I go to the bank, they open up an RSP account to me for me, and they say it doesn't cost me anything. And I just go and start saving some money and everything is there. Is that the way the PPP works as well? Or is there something um, like, how do you get paid essentially for doing this work? 
So, so we charge an annual administration fee, right? In an RSP, typically that fee is like $100 a year. Mm -hmm. With us, it's uh, $2,800 a year, right? Okay. So most people, right away when they say that, they, they, they recoil and they have a gut reaction saying, oh my gosh, how much, how much value must this pension plan generate before my head can resurface from the water and I can yep. breathe again? Right, because yeah. with an RSP, I'm only paying 100 bucks in min fee. Here, I'm paying 2,800. So this thing better perform, better generate value, or else yeah. I'm going to be. It's a cost benefit analysis, right? Mm -hmm. So, so how do, how does and how does the PPP compensate that 2,800 fee, and then even create extra value that wasn't there before? So first of all, we can do a buyback of past service. So we can look at all the years that the physician was collecting a salary from the medicine professional corporation. We do a calculation and then we might say, oh, there's $100,000 of write-offs for the company. Okay, so let's say the company's, again, I'm gonna use round numbers. Yep. $100,000 write-off, company's paying 10% corporate tax. So that's $10,000 of tax savings, tax refunds against our $2,800 fee. So right away, we're already in the black, right? Okay. We actually have a few years worth of fees just yeah. right away with this one first deduction. On an annual basis, the second contribution and deduction is called a current service, the annual contribution. And because we're using pension legislation, we're allowed to put more money than an RRSP. And the gap between the maximum RRSP and what we can do just gets bigger, bigger and bigger with age such that by the time you turn 64, it's about $20,000 more than the RSP maximum. So again, wow. what's this? Forget about what you could have done in an RSP, which you can do with us. Just the gravy, just the, and that, the delta at that age, 20,000 extra, 10% corporate tax. So that's another $2,000 tax savings, right? Which is almost 100% of our fee, just with this mm -hmm. one annual contribution. Yeah. Then you can do an RSP contribution as well in the first year. So, so you're, you're double not, dipping in the first you're year. Double dipping in the first year. So so let's say I put $30,000 again. Now it's a personal deduction, not a corporate deduction because it's RSP. So if I'm taxed in the 50% tax bracket, I get $15,000 refund check. Well, again, that's many, many years of integrous fees that have been covered just with that one first year double dip contribution. Then we have the special payments. So if you Saad, decide to be extremely conservative with your client's money and say, you know, well, we're not going to take any market risks. We're going to go into GICs and government bonds and things that will give us only a 5% rate of return. We're not going to try to get a 12%. We're going to stick conservative. Mm -hmm. Because the pension laws expect these PPPs to grow at 7.5%, when we do a valuation, which we can do every year, we're going to measure the difference between the expected and what we actually got through the GIC. The gap is a, is a funding up opportunity. So we might be. So you can put more money into it. Yeah, of course. So, so again, more tax deductions. Right? Oh, so we get tax savings for that other contribution as well. Of course, the special payment is fully tax deductible. Wow. Okay. So again, ten percent. Tax, uh, tax rate, so it could be another $2,000. Then the fees, your fees, Saad, 
are tax deductible to the corporation, which they were not when it was inside the RSP. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to disclose what your fees are because it depends yep. on the clients and everything else. But let's say round number, if it's another $10,000 in fees, well, that's another $1,000 for the corporation in taxes saved. Mm-hmm. If you borrow money, if the corporation says, I'm going to borrow money from a shareholder, from a line of credit, from a bank, from whatever, to put money in the plan, the interest paid back to the lender is also a corporate tax deduction. So pretty much what you're saying, JP, is whatever I do with this PPP, I, I just save taxes. Well, uh, it's, I... it's, it's, it's a money printing machine because it doesn't depend on picking stocks and being really smart in investing. It's purely a tax play. It's mm-hmm. the fact that I'm allowed to put significantly more money to work in this plan and get the tax savings right away. I don't have to wait. I don't have to you know, be uh, lucky with the markets. It's automatic and you can quantify it and you can put it in your pocket. So that's how yeah. we generate wealth, not by b- being risky. We, we, we do zero risk wealth creation. And I'm not even done with the deductions because I haven't talked about the thermal funding. What so is that? Can you explain that a bit more? Yeah. So thermal funding is this yet another corporate tax deduction available to the doctor, to the doctor's corporation. Uh, if the doctor says, you know what? I don't want to wait till I'm 65 to start drawing an income. I'm going to replace some of my salary that my corporation is paying me. And I'm going to take dividends and I'm going to start turning on the pension, but I'm going to do it at age 50. Right. So now what happens is at age 50, unfortunately, you're not entitled to the same level of pension than you would if you start at 65. You're penalized. The amount is much lower. But what the terminal funding rules allows us to do is to say, okay, sure. You're going to get a lower pension if you start at 50, but we're going to layer on a early retirement subsidy pension to that basic pension. And then we're going to do a CPP bridge pension that bridges you until age 65 when CPP starts. So you get another amount of money paid out and we're going to index everything to the full cost of living. So now you're not starting at a lower amount. You're starting at a much higher retirement account amount. So, and and, and, sorry, and, and and of course, to fund all this, the money doesn't you know, grow on trees. The money has to come from somewhere. That's where the corporation writes a check to the pension plan. And that action, this contribution, is a tax deduction to the corporation. And we're talking half a million, a million, a million and a half, two million dollars of write-offs. Not the small stuff we were talking about earlier. Yeah. So, so I think I want to explain this a bit more because I think this is a, this is a pretty key portion to what a PPP can do. Yeah. And um, I think it would be advisable to go take this a bit slower. Sure. Um, so you said that at 65, you're going to receive some sort of a, like a pension income, right? So this is pretty much like guaranteed income that you know you can expect to receive at age amount. Because if you're shy of that, then the actuaries on an annual basis will keep telling you to put more money so we can make sure that you're going to have the X amount of dollars that you need at the age of 65. So let's keep simple math. And let's say your expected income at retirement at 65 is $100,000. Yeah. Okay. We're expecting $100,000. 
But all of a sudden, this person is deciding to now retire at, let's say, 50 years old or 55 or whatever the case may be. But I guess I want to clarify that. Just before, because when you when you utter the word retire, people think, oh, I'm playing golf. I'm not. That's what I was just going to clarify. So we don't do retirement plans for our clients. Just so I I guess a lot of our clients know this, but we're pretty much building financial independence plans uh, because you're not going to just retire and just start watching Netflix the next day and watch playing golf the next day uh our oldest client is actually 75 and still putting in 30 40 hours a week just because she loves what she's doing but she hasn't been in a position where she's actually had to work for probably a solid 15 years uh so yeah you're right and i know you were going to say that and that's i wanted to just clarify that um (laughs) so not retirement in the typical sense because we don't want to be retired we just want to be financially independent yeah so let's say this person chooses same idea 65 years of age receiving uh, expected to receive a hundred thousand dollars at the age of 50 uh they want to be financially independent uh and now obviously they're not going to it's common sense you're not going to receive a hundred thousand 15 years earlier so now you're saying okay well now we can take what now you can fund like so you'll say that okay if you give us an extra seven hundred thousand dollars or eight hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars what we can do is we'll build you a custom plan now that'll take you from 50 to 65 with the same level income but because now we're going to utilize um income streams like the canada pension plan so we you know that money is expected so are you saying that if i retire at 50 i'm going to be able to put a whole bunch of more money in get a massive tax break and still get that hundred thousand at 50 is that what you're saying exactly a hundred could be ninety thousand but oh what do you do but yeah yeah, so so you're that's exactly what happens that's what wow well it's no different than if you're a teacher and you say, I want to retire early because I've met factor 90, you know, and my years of yep. service and my age allows me to retire early in a full pension. Well, that's terminal funding at work in the public sector. In the private sector, we call it terminal funding. And it's the same law, same principle. You're starting a pension sooner, so it's reduced, but you're layering on extra sources of pension because the law allows you to increase, you know, the law allows you to offer more to someone retiring early. But the money has to come from somewhere. When you're a teacher, it's the taxpayer. When you're a doctor, it's your own medical corporation. Right? That's amazing, right? Because all of a sudden, on that million-dollar contribution, same 10%, you're going to get $100,000 tax savings there. Okay, yeah. that's amazing. And I get to be financially independent 15 years earlier. That's amazing. But it's even better than that. It's even better than that because if you have a spouse that stay at home yep, that has no income, Yep. Your $100,000 pension, you can do pension income splitting. So now you're only taxed on $50,000. JP, stop showing off now. Okay. So we're, we're, <laughs> Wait till we get to the international rules. <laughs> that, that, those are, we're getting there right after, but this is amazing. So, okay. So we, we can get very close to that 100,000, enjoy a lot of tax savings there. Um, and then, and then I think the final thing over here with this point is that you said that you know, we're going to be financially independent. You mentioned something there about the dividend. Can you explain? Okay, so now I'm, I'm 50. I, I decided to do the terminal funding. I'm receiving, let's say, $90,000 out of the $100,000. Amazing. But you said, well, I can still working and still paying myself oh, yeah. like, for, for that extra lifestyle money yeah. that I need? Of course. I mean, you control your medical professional corporation. You're a shareholder. So if you're billing OHIP in Ontario and OHIP is paying your medical corporation, and out of that, you're putting money in the pension plan. 
some of that extra money can be paid out in the form of a dividend to supplement that early retirement pension. So your standard of living hasn't gone down at all. It, if anything, it might even be a little higher. So, so, so you, so you, so you're not, you're not, you're just not collecting a salary anymore. So monies that would have gone out in the form of salary are now redeployed as a dividend. Exactly. Okay. So, so now you're saying, okay, so, you know, up until the terminal funding or un up until we decided to be financially independent, we've been paying ourselves a salary to take advantage of the PPP because you must pay yourself a salary in order to contribute into your PPP. But once I decide to do terminal funding, get that massive tax break, still get that 90000 out of the 100000 So I have $90,000 coming out of this pension now, which I can also split with my spouse and I. So now I'm paying like super low marginal tax rate out on 50000 or say 45000 each. But now you're saying, well, I need a lot more than $90,000 to live. Well, I'm now going to switch my income stream from salary to dividend every year and then supplement that extra $100,000, $150,000, whatever I need to live my life. Is that right? That's right. And the other thing we didn't talk about is that if you've been using retained earnings you know, uh, within the company, let's say you've opened up a non-registered investment account for your corporation, right? And you bought shares because you didn't want to pay any tax as those shares grew in value. Mm -hmm. And now all of a sudden you come and say, hey, let's do a million dollar term of funding. And the doctor may say, I don't have that kind of income from OHIP this year, but I do have the million dollars sitting in my non-registered investment account. So if we sell a million dollars worth of shares, the company is only taxed on 50% of that capital gain. Yep. Yet 100% of the contribution to the plan is deductible, which means that not only will this be tax-free to the corporation, because the offsetting the expenses are much, much higher than any uh, income to be recognized, there's going to be tax losses, which can go back three years against pr prior tax returns. And you can get tax refunds from CRA if you've already paid taxes in those years. So that's free money, that, that's extra free money or forward, going forward indefinitely. But the, the, the really exciting part is that the other 50% of that capital gain, the other $500,000 now becomes a credit to the corporation's CDA, the capital dividends account. So now when you're paying those dividends that I was saying to supplement the $90,000, if you have credits under the CDA, you pay zero tax, there's tax-free dividends. I mean, I can't do well, any better than tax-free income for my clients. Yeah, I mean, uh, and now I I feel I'm sure the listeners are like, okay, I think JP uh, maybe uh, needs to increase his uh, annual uh, payment. No, I'm joking, don't. I? <laughs> no, but the, um, so this is this is this is the reality: is that not only are you accelerating tax deductions and putting more money to work in your favor and helping you with your lifestyle because you don't have to put in as many shifts if you've got all this money coming out of the pension plan, you don't have to kill yourself as a physician. You don't have to take on as many shifts. Yeah. And so you're getting tax-free income from the CDAs when you sold those shares that you never paid. You only paid the small business tax rate to get that money into those shares. So perfect. Yeah. Like, so let, let me, I guess, uh, simplify this. Um, so just to make sure I understand what you're saying. So now you're saying JP, the wizard over here, is saying that, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, when I'm doing that terminal funding, I have, let's say, a million dollars sitting inside my investment accounts. So we call it the liquid bucket. So let's say we have a million dollars sitting inside a liquid bucket. 
and I want to retire a bit earlier now. So now you're saying, okay, well, if I don't have that million dollars cash, I have a million dollar portfolio. If I sell that million dollar portfolio, yes, I'm going to realize the capital gains tax. And yes, my passive income that year is going to be way higher than the, the, than the limit, which means I'm not going to pay any tax now on the small business deduction because I'm probably going to jump up to the general tax rate of 26%, probably, right? Because a million dollar portfolio, capital gains tax, passive income, going to jump to general tax rate. So I might pay that this year. However, Only for a split I'm, second. Okay. Because that million dollar cash, when it's contributed to the plan, gives you an offsetting corporate tax deduction. On the same general tax on rate the of same, on the same At the same rate, whether it's the low rate or the high rate, you're getting a 100% deduction on that dollar. So, so that even second you got taxed, yeah. but the next second it's eliminated by the pension contribution. Perfect. So that's what I just wanted you to confirm. Okay. So so zero tax. Yeah. Perfect. So they're not going to be worried about passive income tax and all of this. Okay, great. So we're going to pay that for that split second. Then, so and now I'm only paid, like you said, 50% of capital gains tax is included. Okay, great. So I'm only paying tax on 50%. But now when I make that million dollar contribution into the uh, pension, you're saying I'm going to get a full massive tax break on the full million dollars. So even though I to take the to sell the investment, I only pay tax on the 50. But to make the contribution into the PPP, I get the tax break on the 100. Yeah. So that's good. Right. That's amazing. That means zero right? tax payable by the corporation that year. OK, so that's amazing. And now the final thing here is when we sell uh, uh, passive investments inside our uh, a corporation, we do uh, we have this notional account called the capital dividend account. And now that uh, that money credits the capital dividend account. So let's say for easy math, it's a half a million dollars that this credits. Uh, so now you're saying I can take a half a million dollars out of my corporation, give it to myself as a dividend and pay how much tax again, JP? Zero. It's tax free. Wow. wow. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So, so you're only paying tax on the $90,000 because the rest are tax free dividends. So, JP, the million dollar question is have you even invested the client's money yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It's no, just tax well, breaks. It's just tax breaks, just, tax breaks, tax breaks. That, that's sad. This is why I said this is like a money printing machine. When you understand pension law and tax law, how it all fits together. The value is derived from the Income Tax Act, not from being a wizard at picking stocks. Exactly. We, yeah, we, so that's... We, we, we do what's called tax alpha. Mm -hmm. You know, guys like you do alpha. We do tax alpha. Our alpha is guaranteed and quantifiable. Exactly. Right. And I think that's the biggest thing for us. And that's why I really want to connect with you, JP, because uh, at RFL, essentially what we're really doing is helping our clients live a rich, fulfilling life. And none of that rich, fulfilling life has anything to do with investment rate of returns or anything like that, because those are things we cannot control. But with, what we can control for our clients is making sure that we save as much tax dollars as possible every every year. And if we grow, if we can save tax as much as possible and grow our money conservatively, we're not picking any penny stocks or anything like that. We just want to grow our money conservatively. But every tax dollar that can be saved, we want to save and do proper planning. And you'll end up light years ahead in front of uh, most people that are working with other institutions. So. I think what you're uh, essentially offering here with the PPP, and obviously we've done quite a lot <laughs> of PPPs for our clients. Um, so I think this conversation is 
quite beneficial uh, for everybody else who's been maybe on the fence or thinking about it. Oh, man, I don't want to pay $2,800. $2,800 is nothing when you think about what we just went through in terms of how much money we're actually going to save. L let me give you an analogy. You know how in the U.S. and California, they had this Powerball uh, lottery where someone won a billion dollars? Yep. Well, in, the, in California, in the U.S., life insurance winnings is taxable. No way. It is. Not like in Canada. Yeah. And so, so you might be facing a, a 50% tax rate on that billion dollar winning. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's as if I said, here's a winning ticket. It's going to give you, you know, 25,000, uh, sorry, $100,000 payoff, but you have to pay me $2,800 to get the ticket, to go and cash it out. Yeah. And then you said, no, I don't want it because. You know, the $100,000 payoff, I'm going to be paying tax at 40, 50%. So it's only worth $50,000 to me. Keep yeah. your ticket. I don't want it. I don't want to pay you the $2,800 for that ticket. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. No, it's, this it's, is this. It's incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. So now I want to move forward. Okay. So now up until now, what we've essentially accomplished here is we've accomplished uh, um, setting up a PPP while you're working how it works, you contribute onto it, you explain that really uh, nicely in terms of how it compares to the RSPs and the IPP and the TFSA. So now this internationally trained physician has worked for X amount of years. He's maybe done the terminal funding, maybe he has not, you know, that's up to uh, the discretion and the planning that we do for this uh, individual. But now what happens when this person, um, actually, you know what, before we get to that, I, I want to just ask one side question. Uh, what if this person wants to retire overseas and go back home or just be not in Canada in the winter years? I'm, I'm How does that work you, then? I'm glad you asked the question because if you thought the PPP was good up to this point, now you're going to see that it's sort of unavoidable as a solution for, for people who want to leave Canada. So, But to, to explain the rules, it's important to remember that in Canada, we have what's called a departure tax a deemed disposition on your wealth when you cross the border and you decide to stop being a resident of Canada. So even though you haven't sold any of your goods, any of your wealth, you're deemed to have sold it at fair market value. And now there's a big tax consequence, right? That's the departure tax. Okay. And it applies to pretty much everything you own, except what are called exempt assets. Okay. Well, guess what? The PPP is classified as don't say it. don't say it. Okay. <laughs> it <is. laughs> so you've got three, okay. four million dollars in your PPP. You decide to retire outside of the country. You decide to stop being a resident of Canada because you don't want to pay Canadian taxes anymore. Your four million dollars ex is exempt from that departure tax. You just save yourself whatever another million dollars in taxes. So again, my twenty eight hundred dollars is a really important yeah I'll just save no, you an extra million i don't think we're talking about the fees anymore we're only going to focus on the value that we're generating so, so, but it gets better than that because now you're in one of those 100 countries that's I, i'm not sure the exact number but it's about 100 countries that canada has a tax treaty with like us is the big one europe you know uh, france portugal whatever so what the countries have decided amongst themselves in signing these international tax treaties is that if you're collecting income from a PPP or any kind of real pension plan, the tax rate imposed by Canada is 15%, one five, not 50. 
which is what wow. you're, you're used to as a resident when you yeah. on federal and provincial tax. So you've gone from a 50% tax bracket to a 15% tax bracket on that annual pension that you're collecting while you're non-resident. Okay. And then it wow. gets even better than that because certain countries like Portugal and I believe France now have said, if the income you're collecting is Canadian pension income, the French and the Portuguese tax laws will not tax you on that income. So the only tax you're paying on that hundred grand a year pension is 15% of the CRA. Wow. So wow. it's not so tax free. It's not tax yeah. free, but it's getting pretty darn close. But it's quite efficient, and especially if you go to. Um, so I, I guess are there any countries where? Um, no, I guess you you did just answer that. So the only tax you're paying is just fifteen percent withdrawal tax rate in uh, to the CRA. In those special and, countries, not all, not every country. Some countries will tax you on all your income, including foreign pension income. But then they what they do is they often give you a foreign like a credit. tax credit. So if you pay the 15% in Canada, you get a credit against local tax. Okay. So then what you're saying is, okay, so now on say like, so a lot of our uh, internationally trained physicians for, let's say are from the UK or Africa or Middle East. So let's say somebody wants to move to Dubai in, 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 in their retirement years. And if you all will have to do is figure out, okay, what the taxes on foreign income in Dubai for example, and let's say in this instance for easy math is zero, but regardless of which country you're going to, you're just going to pay that 15% to the it CRA? Depends. It depends. There's about 100 countries where Canada has agreed with those countries that Canadian pension income is taxed at 15% in Canada. What about there the other countries? Like yeah. certain, There are certain tax havens like uh, Grand Cayman, for example, where there yeah. is no tax treaty. So now you're stuck with the non-resident withholding tax, which is a flat rate of 25%. Okay, so if there's no tax treaty, we're at a 25% tax rate. Yeah. If there is a tax treaty, there's a 15% tax rate. Typically. And then based on that tax treaty, that other country may charge you additional tax on it or, or may not or give you a credit. So there's three or, options there. Yeah. Okay, so, so then we're going to be looking at the 100. We should memorize the 100 countries with the tax treaties to lower a tax bill, essentially. Well, yeah. <laughs> or just look up at home on Google. <laughs> no, no. You may not want to move to uh, uh, sub-Saharan Africa in the desert just to, to benefit on the lower tax rate. There may be other factors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, no, for sure. But, I mean, that's good to know. So, at least there's 100 countries there in, in that are that's the majority of the world, essentially, where we can definitely benefit uh, from getting away from Canada and maybe in the winter years and, yeah, and, so and getting there. If you're a non-resident okay. in Canada, you, you benefit from that. All this all stuff right. done in part 13 of the Income Tax Act. And I'm sure all of them are so excited to read it, JP. <laughs> I just think that's the, that's the legal backing for all of this. That I'm yeah. Um, okay. So perfect. So now we've, we've uh, uh, our international chain physician has worked. He has now maybe taken terminal funding or not. He has now maybe retired in Canada or overseas. Now what happens, let's say this individual is in their 80s and there's say, a couple million dollars sitting inside this PPP. Um, what happens now? Because as far as I know, inside the RSP, if you have, say, $2 million left inside the RSP when you pass away and there's no surviving spouse, your kids will pay probably roughly 50% in tax, which means if you have a $2 million RSP, 
um, account and you pass away and you and your spouse pass away, your kids are going to be left with just shy of a million dollars. So a million dollars of that account will essentially go to the CRA. Please tell me you can do something a bit better with this final estate tax, JP. I, I can, but only if the children are are added to the plan, are made okay. plan members. Okay. And, and for them to qualify, they need to receive a salary from the medical corporation. Okay. So can you explain that a bit more, what the logistics of that would look like when this person is probably in their 60s or 70s? Yeah. So, so first of all, uh, a medical professional corporation can be converted into a regular business corporation by applying to the College of Physicians and Surgeons and saying, no longer practicing medicine, I want my medical corporation to become a regular business corporation. So you file, okay. you file a articles of amendment, and now you're a regular business like, like the plumber, like the Tim Hortons franchisee, like everybody okay. else. Okay. Okay. Um, but regardless, even before you do that, your children can always be put on the payroll, even if it's minimum wage, part-time like administrative salary. assistant, yeah, uh, helping getting... out with the accounting, helping out with a website, helping out with supplies. So whatever. let's go with this approach. So let's say this person is maybe still working in their 60, 65 and we don't convert it to the uh, regular corporation and we just add the kids as uh, regular employees. Let's go so with now, that example. So now that the kids are on the payroll, as employees, they're allowed to participate in the company's pension plan, just like the, the initial doctor. Okay. So we add them to the plan, right? So now they are part of the pool. So that costs another $2,800 per child? No, 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 no. We I have the fee schedule here. It goes down when we add multiple Okay, it's a little discount. That's cheaper. fine. Yeah, well, it yeah. Okay, so we get a discount for the kid. Okay. Yeah. But again, the, the fees should not be what stops you when you when I'm done yep. with, with my explanation. So, so now what happens is this physician who maybe doesn't have a spouse, there's no rollover opportunities. Maybe okay. the spouse left her or him for whatever reason or died or never had mm -hmm. one. Okay. But, uh, you know, maybe adopted kids, whatever. Yeah. So now that the physician passes away while collecting their pension and there's $2 million in the pool. Well, because this is a pension plan, that RSP rule that you were talking about doesn't apply, right? It's the full two million is now considered pension surplus because there's no spouse to pay a survivor pension to. Mm -hmm. But because it hasn't left a plan, it's still tax exempt. Now the children are also members of that pool. So now it's their money. But if they don't need it right away, maybe they have a salary of their own. Maybe they have a business. Maybe they're physicians themselves, right? They don't need that pension, that $2 million to be pulled out. So they just let it grow from $2 million to $3 million to $4 million over time. And if they do need money, they do what's called a surplus distribution. They say, there's $4 million in the plan that dad left me. I'd like to pull hundred grand now because I want to buy a car. So when you pull the hundred grand under the surplus distribution rules, you have to recognize that into your personal income tax return. So like the child. Say, yeah. So, so let's say you're taxed at the 50% tax bracket because you're a resident of Ontario. You'll pay $50,000 in tax. The other 50 you can spend on buying the car. But the $3.9 million left continues to grow tax sheltered. Right? $4 million minus 100000 
So the yep. 3.9 million just keeps growing tax shelter. You only pay tax on what you pull out and it's paid by the person receiving the surplus, not by the estate, not by the not by anyone else, not by the corporation. So you're saying that two million dollars that this physician leaves to his child because we put the child as an employee of the MPC. And eventually when you stop working, we change it back to a normal corporation. But regardless, because this person is an employee of the company receiving a salary, sorry, not this person, this child is receiving a salary from the corporation. This child is now a part of the pension plan. So you're saying when the physician passes away, that $2 million that this pension had is taxed at 0%. But it's not taxed at all. There's no there's it's, no taxable event. Wow. Just, just, like if you're, just like if you were a member of the teacher's pension plan of Ontario. Right? And let's say, let's simplify. Let's say there are only two che- teachers in, in Canada, in Ontario. Okay. The pension plan of Ontario, the teacher's pension plan has two teachers in it. And let's say the total assets is $2 million. One teacher has a $1 million community value. The other teacher has a $1 million community. And it, both teachers are single. They don't, have, they don't have a spouse. Okay. So one teacher retires. There's a million dollars set aside to pay $100,000 a year pension, right? Teacher dies. That million dollars is an actuarial gain to the plan. So it stays in the plan. There's no tax. There's no tax to the dead teacher. There's no tax to the family of the dead teacher. There's no tax in the pension plan. So now there's $2 million for the one surviving teacher. Yeah. So this is what happens at the scale of a tiny little medical corporation. It's the same law, same principles, except that instead of giving money to strangers, which is what happens when you're a teacher and you die without a rollover. It just goes in the pool. Yep. the, The strangers are your kids. Wow. So now you're saying, okay, so $2 million um, will pretty much grow. So does this mean that we can transfer money now from generation to generation to generation? As long as the money is there in the pension account and that's still growing and your uh, kids haven't exploited that money and bought some Lamborghinis and things like that. And we've taught them how to be good, productive human beings in our society and taught them the value of money, that this money can essentially grow from one my child to their child to their child tax-free? Yeah, and I'll explain to you the legal reason for that. If you did what's called an inter vivos trust, right? A trust while you're alive and you transfer. While you're alive, yep. Right? There's a 21-year deemed disposition rule. Mm -hmm. So every 21 year, the CRA forces you to tax the capital inside of that trust. Yep. But this is a pension trust. A pension trust is regulated by section 149, paragraph 1, subparagraph O, letter O. A 149-10 trust doesn't have the 21-year problem. So you could go for 6, 7, 10, 100 generations. As long as the kids are on the payroll and are added to the plan, that pool just keeps getting bigger and bigger and crosses multiple generations. Wow. Wow. So, so okay. So then a um, couple side questions that I thought of while you were saying that. Um, I have, let's say, for example, this physician has three kids can, and all three kids are part of that uh, corporation. So all three can be a part of this pension income. And then those three kids, let's say, for example, have another three kids. So as long as we just keep adding all of these children onto the pension, 
they can keep receiving income. But who is the person in control of deciding when they receive that income? Well, the pension plan tells you when you're allowed to receive a pension, right? And you said part of a corporation, I don't want to mislead your uh, viewers. They don't have to be shareholders. They just need to be on the payroll. They just need to be employees. Just the payroll. So employees. you don't even have to give up control of your MPC. No, if you don't, you don't want have to give to. shares to anybody. It's just that by law, by blood, a child of a shareholder is deemed to own the same shares for pension purposes. So we can put them in the plan, even though they own zero shares. Okay, but 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 it's the same principle for grandchildren because yeah, yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. be employees of the company, great grandchildren, employees of the company. Yeah. Okay. So then the question is. Can this child at any time of their choosing just be like, ah, I want $50,000. I'm being lazy and I don't want to work this year. I'm going to take $50,000. Can they do that at their own discretion? Or is there a third party that like a trustee or somebody who decides well, when this person can take income? It's, it's whoever is running the corporation, whoever is in charge of the, the medical corporation's shares, the board of directors, that okay. makes the ultimate call as to whether or not surplus will be distributed to beneficiaries or plan members. So, you know, you gotta you gotta convince that person, whoever that is, that hey, okay, I, do, so I need fifty grand this year. Please distribute surplus. Okay, so then that's going to be part of our estate, uh, our state, sorry, corporate will. Who's yeah. going to take over the corporation when we pass away? Who's going to be like you know shareholders and things like that? So that's how we're going to handle that. So because yeah. we don't want to just let give the kid eighteen year old no. access to one hundred grand, two hundred grand at his own discretion, take the money out. Um, okay, so we can control that. So because that's important to them. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So we control that. Yeah. Um, this is amazing, JP. So now, so now we've you know worked. We've um, worked as an international trained physician. We may have taken terminal funding. We may have retired at 65. We may have retired in Canada. We may have retired overseas. Uh, now we have also done estate planning through uh, this plan where the tax bill is zero dollars, uh, you know, as long as we plan it properly. Um, so now um, I guess the, the main uh, or the final question that I have here is, the PPP, obviously, from the sounds of it, makes a lot of sense for international chain physicians, right? Uh, the biggest concern that they have is, is, is taxes. And if we can reduce our taxes today in retirement and on death, we're going to be light years ahead. Um, you know, so our, our, at least RFL clients definitely understand that. But is there anything more than the PPP that they can do? And they're like, you know what? I'm trying to, I came late to Canada. And I, I'm here in, uh, in my 40s, and I really like to just hammer this whole thing out as fast as possible. So is there anything more than a PPP? I think you mentioned something earlier, like an R or something. Can you explain what that is and how yeah. that can help uh, international chain physicians? Yeah, so the basic building block is the PPP. But you can layer on top of that building block a retirement compensation arrangement. An okay. RCA in pension jargon. We call them RCAs, but retirement compensation arrangement is the okay. legal. And what that does is it's a supplemental pension arrangement that increases your overall pension because there are limits to what you can put in a PPP. So when you want to exceed those limits, you need to put a separate solution in place. And those are also regulated by the CRA and you have to follow all the income tax rules. But those RCAs allow you to jack up your corporate tax deductions and go way beyond what the pension plan allows you to put in and deduct. 
So, so now you're saying that the same type of tax deductions I was getting on the PPP, I'll get on this RCA side, but multiplied. now no longer yeah. multiplied yeah. because no, I'm no longer limited by my age and actuarial values in terms of how much you can contribute every year. It, you can it, do a lot more. It's more that you're no longer you're no longer limited by the salary because the PPP is all based on what's called a maximum pensionable salary. Mm-hmm. So this year, that's 175333 So if you pay yourself more than that, the PPP won't help you. But if you have an RCA, the RCA will help you. So let's say you're paying yourself $300,000 a salary. The PPP will help you on the first 175333 And from 175333 to 300, that's where the RCA will give you tax relief. So I can't just pay a salary for the first 175 and dividend on the other side. I'm paying myself the full salary for the full 300 and then being able to make the PPP and the RCA. Is that correct? That's how it works. Yeah. Okay. And then same idea. Like what happens uh, just as a quick two minute, what happens when I retire and what happens when I die? Pension income splitting with a spouse, uh, exempt asset on the deemed disposition on the departure tax. If there's if you put your kids in the RCA intergenerational wealth transfer, no tax on the capital, um, the the whole litany of damages just are get multiplied by the RCA. So the RCA is essentially the PPP on steroids. Would you agree? Well, it's funded a little bit differently. Uh, there's okay. a refundable tax component on contributions that you don't have with the PPP, uh, but but it's. It's the closest thing to PPP 201, uh, 2.0. Okay. Okay. So then who would you say is the ideal person? Because PPP, I can, I, can th- th- I can see, and I think most uh, of our listeners would agree as well. PPP is probably at its core uh, ideal for probably most, if not all, physicians. So then who's the ideal person for the RCA? Like- like a specialist who pulls pulls in a higher salary than uh, maybe a uh, family doctor, a specialist okay. who's who's let's say is used to pulling out a salary of three hundred thousand, two hundred fifty thousand, three hundred four hundred, they really really could benefit from the PPP RCA combo. Okay, so I guess that the uh, so now we're saying so uh, regardless of how much you earn, because I know some physicians even in a family practice making like seven eight hundred nine hundred or more than that and obviously some specialists do that as well but it's not really based on how much you're earning i guess from the sounds of it inside your corporation it's more about how much you need to live your life so if you need about 300 to live your life uh, 174 it's, and change T4. Of that would, it's always it's just t4 income T4. okay yeah it's just so t4 income more in the way by way of dividends but yeah. we can't use the dividends it doesn't count for pension plans Okay, so that's the key there. So it's not how much you're earning inside the corporation; it's how much you're earning to uh, are paying yourself to live your life. And if that's about three hundred, the first one seventy four and change goes towards pen, uh, funding up your PPP, and the remaining hundred, hundred and fifty, whatever that is, will be used to fund your RCA. And now you're going to be in a super lenient tax break, uh, you know, uh, um, situation. Yeah. Because you're instead of paying money to the government up front, you're redirecting that tax money into retirement saving plans. Mm-hmm. So you're putting that money to work sooner. Okay. And right. obviously that'll be like much, much better uh, for you. Um, and I think we're out of time. That's pretty much it. Like, I mean, I think we've had a pretty, really knowledgeable, <laughs> value packed 50 minute conversation. Um, 
is there anything else that you would like to add here that I think that uh, maybe internationally trained physicians? Uh, there, there, I, like I, 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 I have lots of things I could send. Fortunately, I got to jump on another call, so I'm going to have yeah. to let you go. Okay, well, then thank you so much for your time, JP. I really do appreciate it. And hopefully we'll get you back uh, in the near future with some other questions I'm probably going to get from uh, our clients that may want to follow up with some of the things. But thank you so to, much. Love to attend another podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, JP. Take care. Bye.